following contest is scheduled for one fall. Hey, 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 it's your boy KJ, and welcome to the first ever WWE recap episode of the Roped In Podcast. That's right, we are doing this, we are finally here, this is the podcast that some of you have been waiting for because I've been talking non-stop shit on Twitter, promoting the fuck out of this segment that I'm about to debut today. Now, there's some people... Some some close people like my brother, for example, and another friend, and another friend, and another friend. So there's few people that know what's going to take place. But the rest of you have no idea. So stick around because you're probably going to be, I guess, uh, looking forward to it once I mention it. I hope if you have that competitive spirit in you, you definitely want to be a part of this. And it's it's free for everyone and I'll, I'll discuss more about it once we get there, but yeah, stick around because that's coming right up. Now, first things first, big news. Chris Jericho lost his fucking AEW title, but then the you know they, they found it, they, they got it back to him, so all's good in the hood. But how the fuck do you become champion and then lose your goddamn championship? Bro. What the fuck? That is so irresponsible. But if anyone had to do it, it had to be Jericho, right? Now, they're going to make the, this whole thing into an angle, which I guess is, you know, making lemonade out of lemons or whatever the fuck the saying is. But I think I think Jericho, Jericho needs to get off that bubbly. You know, I had to do it. I had to. I'm sorry, guys. I just had to. How do you not? So... <laughs> um so why don't we why don't we get started with uh, a crazy crazy week in wrestling. A lot of stuff happened and I think both SmackDown and Raw were quite good shows. I I thoroughly enjoyed watching them. Glad this is the first week that I'm recapping because there's a lot to talk about and a lot of developments let's say. So in that respect, I think we're we're developing a bunch of storylines that will... It's long-term booking, right? So at least I can see it that way. I can see it going that way. There are some characters that I feel like are going to turn. And also in news, I heard that there might be another draft coming in October between Raw and SmackDown. Now, usually these rumors end up being true. So I hope that this draft takes place and people stick to whatever fucking brand they're on because right now I have no idea who's on what brand and the only way I find out is through the king of the ring I'm not even joking I swear to god when I see the king of the ring bracket I'm like oh okay so Joe's on raw and I see Cedric Alexander is on raw and Baron Corbin's on raw and then Ali's on smackdown and Elias is on smackdown and okay so I get oh okay that makes sense now so it's it's really convoluted and doesn't make any sense i don't understand who's going where and who's like it nothing made sense to me but now it's starting to make sense i'm like okay i get it but but they keep jumping shows so just fix your rosters and, and get the shit right and if you're doing a draft please oh please let it be eric bischoff versus paul Heyman. oh god please i'd pay money for that i'm already paying money to wwe but like i'd pay a little bit more so yeah 
That's what I want to see. Please, please do it right. Now, why don't we get started with Raw, right? Raw kicks off, contract signing, Braun Strowman and Seth Rollins. They come out, they sit on that, you know, cheap-ass table that they always have for these contract signings. Michael Cole is officiating, quote-unquote. And they they talk a little bit of shit, you know, but then soon the, the OC's music hits and out come AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson. Now... AJ Styles, apparently, according to a lot of people, has not been the character he's been previously, I guess. You could say it that way, right? So AJ Styles is, is I think, I, I, I thoroughly enjoy him, right? I, I like watching him. I enjoy his, his work, be it in-ring competition or promo work. He has, you know, not been up to the mark, I will admit. But I love AJ Styles. I love him. So I, I I guess I forgive him for a lot of stuff. This night on Raw was probably some of his best work in a long time. He was so good. When he yelled at Michael Cole, when Michael Cole was trying to interrupt and saying, Listen, AJ, we're doing this. And he says, Shut up, Michael Cole. I'll kick your teeth down your throat. That line was brilliant. It was so well executed, so well delivered. I felt really scared. Uh, AJ Styles gets into the ring. Braun and Seth step over to one side. AJ grabs the contract, rips it up, throws it. Braun (laughs) runs towards the table, flips it. The table smacks AJ right in the face. AJ drops. That was so well done. So well done. Uh, The remaining four men end up brawling. We, We cut to commercial. We come back. And it's a tag team match now between... Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman versus Gallows and Anderson with AJ Styles on ringside. Now, uh, this match doesn't go very long. Seth picks up the win after a roll-up. Braun Strowman, then they basically, so right after the match, uh, they they kind of end up in a brawl. AJ jumps into the ring, attacks Seth. Seth, AJ, Gallows, Anderson, Braun all end up kind of like fighting uh, all all of the men end up out of the ring. Braun starts doing his around the world spot. He he knocks down Carl Anderson, knocks down uh, Luke Gallows, but then accidentally hits Seth Rollins as well. Now once he hits Seth, he's like, "Oh shit, I hit Seth." Ah no. In that meantime, Ziggler and Rude, the challengers for the tag team championships, come out and attack Braun Strowman. They then start attacking Seth. And all five men basically take out Seth and Braun and stand in the ring in victory. So, a good segment, good start to Raw. Uh, I like seeing, you know, different people form different types of team. I mean, I get that OC and Ziggler and Root aren't a team, but I like seeing bad guys work together to, you know, get one over on the good guys or even the other way around. So, it's it's good to see that these guys are all stepping up and they're like all right we need each other's help so yeah fuck it let's let's help each other you know so i like seeing that next up we see um cedric alexander backstage being interviewed about the king of the ring and the oc go to the back and beat the shit out of cedric i don't know why but i'm okay with that they're bad guys so go you know wreak havoc go do whatever the fuck you need I, I'm okay with that. Go beat the shit out of people. It's cool. 
beat him up. Beat Cedric even more. Just, you know, get him out there. Because, like, I... Cedric is a great in-ring performer, but, oh, my God, I can't. And, like, we'll get to the match later, which which he did a fantastic job in. But I just, I his microphone, just take that thing away from him. Keep it as far away as possible. Get him, get him a mouthpiece. Get him someone who can actually cut a promo. This was not great, so whatever. Next up, we get another match, a tag team match between the former tag team champions Ryder and Hawkins versus Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. Uh, doesn't go long, but uh, surprisingly, Ryder and Hawkins control a lot of this match. But the match ends with uh, Hawkins taking a super kick, which is turned into the glorious DDT, and the challengers for the tag team championships at Clash of Champions prevail. Um, not much to say about this match. It was decent. Following that, we get Lacey Evans versus Natalia. Now, this was... I didn't understand exactly what the fuck was going on here because, like, I get they have whatever slight beef between each other, but, like, I didn't expect, like, this to go as hard as they did because Lacey Evans comes out. She's looking gorgeous, walking down the ring, uh, rather, the ramp towards the ring, and Natalia's music plays midway through her entrance. Lacey gets annoyed. Natalia runs down shoulder tackles her to the floor, and then and then Natalia gets in the ring. She's like, come on, come on, meow, or whatever fuck she did. And then she actually removed her cat ears, which I... What the fuck? Uh, okay, whatever. So uh, this, uh, I mean, both women are okay. Natalia's been, you know, better in the ring recently, I have to say. Her match at SummerSlam was pretty good. I was I was shocked how, how well she wrestled against Becky. But, uh, yeah, she loses this one when Lacey Evans throws a handkerchief in, <laughs> in Natalia's face. I'm sorry, I'm trying to keep a straight face, but I can't. Because she fucking threw a handkerchief in her face. And then Natalia turns around like she got slapped by, like, Zeus himself. <laughs> and she turns around. And once she turns back, she fucking gets punched in the face. Like, the woman's right. Right onto her, like, chin-neck area. And then she drops. So, it's like, what? How the fuck did a handkerchief help win this match? Oh, it's so stupid. But, whatever. Lacey picks up the win. Um, following that, uh, Becky Lynch uh, comes out. And uh, she comes to the ring. Cuts a quite a long, impassionate promo about Sasha being a crybaby. And Sasha taking her ball and leaving after WrestleMania. And how Becky's kind of worked her way to the top and Sasha could have had it all but you know she she just decided to get things handed to her and she didn't get this handed to her so she got upset Sasha comes out looking fine like I mean fine so (laughs) Sasha comes out and uh, Sasha basically says that Becky basically became popular because Nia Jax broke her face and then she says I wish Nia had broken my face, so I would have got some attention too. And uh, then she ends her promo by saying, At Clash of Champions, the man will be the boss's bitch. Ooh, fancy. I feel like every time anyone says bitch, people pop like crazy because, like, PG, you know? That's, that's solely the reason. Because of PG, the word bitch 
is now like, what? She said, bitch, holy shit, dude. And then right after that, we cut to the Street Profits who are backstage without their titles. And they all they do is like, oh, maybe we should cut to commercial. That's it. That was the extent of what they did and what their point was. Uh, okay, cool, I, I guess. No idea. Next up, we get a quarterfinal King of the Ring match, the first of the week, Baron Corbin versus Cedric Alexander. Now, Cedric comes into this match, obviously, a little, you know, beaten down and worn out. He's uh, he's not 100%, as they like to repeatedly say. Uh, but uh, Cedric puts on a great performance. He He manages to fight his way through the pain and his arm being hurt and blah, blah, blah. And he does a great job at selling. I, I have to admit, he was great in this match. But obviously, Corbin, you know, uh, while, while Cedric tries to do a springboard from the apron to the inside, but Corbin hits the top rope, Cedric falls, and Corbin hits the end of days to pick up the win and advance in the King of the Ring championship. Or King of the Ring title. King of the Ring tournament i guess that's the only word i guess right king of the ring okay yeah king of the ring tournament uh, <laughs> following that we see bailey who's backstage sasha banks's best friend uh talking to charlie caruso and charlie seems to be really fucking instigating the shit out of bailey like i'm surprised bailey didn't knock her out right there She's like, um, first of all, she asked her about Sasha, and she's like, oh, no comment. And then she's like, well, Sasha basically says she doesn't give a fuck about you because, like, you know, you guys were tag team champions. And she's like, I didn't care about those belts. And Bailey says, well, look, you know, I continued. I did what I needed to. I became the women's champion, and Sasha is still my best friend. So, like, you know, that's that's that. And then Charlie starts talking about Becky, who Bailey's teaming with later on tonight. And she says that, well, Becky's the embodiment of the women's division, or some say. Uh, do you feel overshadowed? And Bailey's like, no, I don't feel overshadowed. And she says the SmackDown Women's Championship is, is equally important as the Raw Women's Championship. Well, Bailey, sweetheart, you kind of need to make it that. So it's not there yet. But she says that, you know, the, tonight we'll see who overshadows who. And basically just looked like Charlie wanted to get a rise out of Bailey, which, you know, in hindsight being 2020, I think she kind of did. <laughs> so following that, we see the heel jobbers, I, some fucking, I don't know, Pittsburgh guys, uh, and uh, they're, they're facing the Viking Raiders. And the Raiders basically murdered the jobbers. They... they pick up jobber number A and smash him. This guy flew like 50 feet in the air. Like he was he was almost like not coming back down. That's how high they threw him up for the Viking experience. But obviously Raiders pick up the win very easily. Uh, then we see a tiny segment where we, it's it's Sarah Schreiber like backstage talking to Sasha about Bailey and Sasha's like, I know what you're trying to do. Get out of my face. But Sarah <laughs> runs into this, like, whatever container thing they have backstage. <laughs> she runs into that. She runs around. <laughs> and I think Sasha was trying to keep it together because Sasha's easier to run into that. And she tries not to laugh. But, you know, live TV, you kind of can't laugh. But <laughs> that, that made me laugh a lot. Uh, 
We then have our second quarterfinal match of the night. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Ricochet. And boy, this was a fucking great match. These guys can go, bro. They are so, so good. Uh, there's so many spots. I don't even like. I don't even know where to begin to name them. So I'm not gonna because that's gonna be doing injustice to anything I miss out. But the match basically ends with Ricochet kind of sitting on the top rope, and uh, Samoa Joe jumps in and, or rather, jumps up and puts on the Coquina clutch on the top rope. Uh, Ricochet starts fading out, but he he manages to wake up for like a split second. Within that split second, he kind of like, you know, with his last gasp of air, pushes off the top rope, and both men drop, and they fall so well. Like, this this had to be done perfectly, because if one of them fell a little away from the other one, this, this spot wouldn't have worked at all. But both men fall down, their arms are on top of each other, like, each has one arm over the other, and referee ja- John Cone basically counts them both to three, but then once he counts, he's like, oh, shit, they both got counted, so, hmm. And then he goes he goes over to the the ring, uh, sorry, the, the, the bell guy, uh, and, and basically he, they, they give him a pair of headset, and he, he talks to someone backstage. Now, I don't know, I have no idea who the fuck he was talking to, but he was talking to someone, right? And he, he's doing this whole thing where it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, right. Okay, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, from my vantage point, uh-huh. Okay. All right. I'll take that into consideration. All right. Okay. So, <laughs> whatever the fuck he found out. He, and he doesn't even, like, explain anything. He just goes... He starts walking to the back. Ricochet and Samojo get into a small brawl. But then Ricochet, I guess, stands tall and he, he gets out. He's like, what the fuck going on? Uh, but, so, later on, we find out that, you know, Baron Corbin, uh, comes in, and he's like, alright, you know, they're both eliminated, so I guess I go through, and, but, but Cone's like, nope, actually, management has told me that both men advance. So now, we have a triple threat match, which I, I've always, I've always thought of this, and I've always wanted this, I've always thought, like, you know, why don't they just have two men advance, because, like, you know, they can come to a decision, and I, and they finally did it. So it's like, oh, you know, I've, I've always thought of this, I've always wanted this, and they did it, and so this should be cool. Ricochet and Baron Corbin and Samoa Joe. Now, uh, jumping ahead a little bit, on the other side, we've kind of got Elias versus Chad Gable. So I, I don't know if Gable's going to be going into the finals, right? If he is, I'd be surprised, but... I think it's going to be Elias, and since it's going to be Elias, I think Ricochet is going to win over here. So Elias versus Ricochet, because I think I think Ricochet is winning this whole thing, right? He was set to he was set to be pushed, and I think this is that they they want him to be pushed. So, uh, I, well, well, we'll get to that that stuff later when when we get to the SmackDown matches. But I I think Ricochet is going to be advancing. Then we see. Seth Rollins, the WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion, standing backstage with his tag team champion partner guy, Braun Strowman, who I feel fucking betrayed. If you haven't watched it, youtube.com forward slash inside the ropes. I interviewed Braun Strowman, SummerSlam Media Scrum Day, and I asked him to be tag team champions with me, and he 
almost reluctantly in the start, but then he agreed when I when I said I'd get him a tomahawk, and he's like, "Yeah, all right, we can be tag team champions. We could ride off into the sunset with our tomahawks and donuts or whatever the fuck he wanted." So I'm I'm betrayed. I'm really upset. Um, but do watch that interview because uh, the size difference between us is miraculous. Um, but anyway, so Seth and Braun are standing here backstage, and Braun is like, "Listen." I know Austin's been sucking your dick, so like I don't want some shady shit going on next week when Stone Cold Steve Austin is going to be here to officiate our contract signing. Now, I, I, just the mention of Stone Cold's name makes this seem so much bigger, which kind of makes me sad because like, why can't they have this for a superstar now? You know, it never feels like they mention a name, and I'm like, whoa, okay. It's like, you know, I don't know, like, give me a name, like Seth Rollins, right? Like, I'm like, all right, Seth's going to be there, cool, you know? Or like, uh, let's say uh, Ricochet, you know, or Aleister Black, or Samoa Joe. It's never, I never feel like, holy shit, like Samoa Joe, maybe more so. Brock Lesnar, yes, but I never feel like, oh shit, it's a big deal when this guy's around. Stone Cold, now I don't know if it's because he has a legendary status or, or what it is, but it's it just feels so much bigger just with the mention of Stone Cold gonna be there. So they need to build stars like that again because, geez, man, like back in the day it was like, oh, The Rock's gonna be there. Holy shit, The Rock, I have to watch. You know, Stone Cold, Sto- I've gotta watch. Undertaker, Triple H, like all of them. All of them had that feel. And now it just feels like there's no one there like that anymore, which is kind of sad. But anyways, uh, so yeah, so Braun is like, you know, if 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 Austin does anything, well, then he's going to get these hands. Uh, okay, cool. Like, you kill him because, you know, he has a broken neck or whatever. But, all right. And he's got a TV show to, like, run. Like, that's the only reason why Austin's coming. He's probably going to plug the shit out of his TV show. But following that, we see... The Firefly Funhouse. This. This guy. Holy shit. So in the same interview with Braun Strowman, Braun talks about Bray Wyatt. And he talks about how everything is like his idea. Just go watch that video, right? He he mentions and he talks about the creative behind The Fiend and Bray and all this stuff. It's, it's, it's a fascinating listen. But he... So this... He starts off the Firefly Funhouse apologizing to Finn Balor, right? Which is a great start. Just that alone is like, all right, you know, like, awesome. This guy, this guy is, you know, he's acknowledging that he beat the shit out of someone. And now he's trying to, like, you know, he's he's doing the the Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde kind of thing. So, so I, I love it. I love the split personality thing. And then a Vince McMahon puppet pops up. And he's like, he's like, how dare you challenge... Seth or Braun to a Hell in a Cell match, you're fine. Just before he can say it, Bray stops and he's like, no, no, boss, listen, look look what I've been doing. And he pulls out money. He's like, look, I got this for you. And alluding to the fact that Vince only wants the money. And he he starts feeding Vince, or the Vince puppet, the money to stop him from getting fired. I thought that was just brilliant. Um, using that, I mean... Who gets to do that, you know? And Vince, Vince is a consummate professional. That guy will be like, yeah, all right, 
use me, use whatever the fuck you need to do. And, and the fact that Vince McMahon has greenlit that segment to go up on the air, it's it shows how much faith they have in Bray and and what they want of Bray. So as I was as I was just mentioning, I think Bray Wyatt, aka the Fiend, has the opportunity to reach that level of superstardom where you hear like, oh shit, he's gonna be on the show. I have to watch. Because that's kind of how I feel. Like, if I knew The Fiend is going to be coming out on Raw, I'm going to be like, all right, I got to watch this, you know? So, and he's been taking out Legend. So, next week, I think Austin is going to be there. Well, not I think, but like, I know Austin's going to be there. And I think The Undertaker is scheduled to make an appearance. I'm not sure. But, I mean, he's been taking out Legends. This could be the next set, maybe? I don't know. I'm excited. Whatever it is, I want to see this. So it should be fucking cool. Then we see Rey Mysterio talking about his father and son thing with, you know, Dominic and how he's going to bounce back and blah, blah, blah. No one gives a shit yet. I want to see Dominic just beat the shit out of Rey. <laughs> That's what I want to see. So please get Dominic ready for the ring. Then we get a match for some reason between Miz and Cesaro. Miz wins after a skull-crushing finale. I don't know why this match was there. Because Miz needs momentum going forward. Right? Yeah. No one knows. Then we reach the main event of the evening. Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss versus Becky Lynch and Bailey in a championship something showdown showcase. Yeah, championship showcase. Whatever. So... Uh, tag team match, standard, nothing special until Sasha Banks comes out. She stands on the ramp, glares at Becky. Becky's like, yeah, come on in, come on in. But, you know, obviously Sasha doesn't. And then Becky's in the corner stomping on one of her opponents. Sasha comes in, attacks Becky mid-match, does the the double knees to the back, uh, causing a disqualification win for Becky and Bailey. obviously. Sasha grabs the chair smashes it on Becky a few times, but Bailey comes in, you know, she's like, you're my best friend, I can't let you do this, grabs a chair from her, and Sasha kind of looks annoyed, she's like, what the fuck are you doing, I thought you were my friend, and Bailey looks at Sasha, and then turns around, looks at Becky, and smashes the chair into Becky's back, turning her heel, finally, Something interesting with Bailey. My God, I would rather watch every drop of paint in my room dry than watch a Bailey segment a or a match. She was just atrocious. Worst match of SummerSlam weekend. Bailey versus Ember Moon. Ember Moon, who is not to be seen because of I guess how bad that match was. But you're trying to just like get people to forget. But yeah, um, this this heel turn much much needed, and it's kind of actually a great segue into the start of SmackDown. So let me let me talk about what happens on SmackDown, and then I'll get into that. So Bailey comes out. She's just like, I'm just trying to be a good friend to Sasha. Sasha's my friend. Blah blah. Charlotte comes out and basically accuses Bailey of being two faced. She's like, at least. I am what I say I am. So, you know, fuck you, Bailey. Who the fuck do you think you are? Sasha's music hits. 
and Charlotte kind of realizes, like, all right, I'm I'm kind of in a two-on-one situation here. So uh, before I get fucked up, fuck you guys, I'm going home. So she attacks Bailey. Sasha comes in, starts attacking Charlotte. But in the meantime, Bailey grabs a chair and attacks Charlotte several times. So, yep. Bailey's heel turn cemented. We are guaranteed a heel Bailey now. So I so I don't know if this was a double turn here because like well it wasn't exactly a double turn because Bailey turned the night before, but she kind of cemented the fact that she's a heel now and uh, Charlotte kind of is like she came out and she's like at least I say, you know, uh whether she's like I I do I I act the same way that I say I am. I don't know if that made any sense. But you get what I mean. Like she, she's like, I'm not two faced. I, I, I stand for what I do, and blah blah blah. And now Bailey's kind of like, you know, attacked Charlotte. So uh, whatever. But in any case, both women just wail on Charlotte with a chair, and uh, Sasha even gets gets the chair onto Charlotte's boob. You kind of see her like grab her boob. She's like, ow, careful. I've had I've had issues with that one. So <laughs> uh, yeah, it was it was it was. Interesting, interesting. I feel like next week we're going to see one of the women, like, I feel like maybe Becky's going to be, you know, beaten up by by uh, Sasha and Bailey, and Charlotte's going to come out to save her, because, you know, Raw's first, so, let's see. I'd, I'd, I'm curious, I'm interested, and I'd like to see Charlotte and Becky both, you know, team up again. I think I think it'd be interesting. Especially if Charlotte's going face again. So let's see, let's see where that goes. Next up, we have Elias versus Ali in the third quarterfinal match of the week. Now, this was a pretty good match. I think Elias's best work that I can remember. I don't remember a great Elias match. And this was really good. Um, Elias works Ali's knee the whole match, but there's a great spot. Where Elias, so Ali's on the outside by the announcers' tables, and Elias goes to the top rope from the corner turnbuckle and jumps. And when he jumps, Ali catches him with a super kick and Elias drops. Great fucking spot. But Ali's knee, since it's worked, uh, in uh, towards the end of the match, he kind of like gets kicked on it. He's like, ah, my knee. And then Elias hits the drift away and picks up the win. So clean win for Elias, which is good. Uh, I I liked uh, I like seeing uh, Elias, you know, do some work and get some wins. It, it gives him some credibility, which he drastically needs. And then you we we see a backstage promo with Samoa Joe and Kayla Braxton, and he's basically on SmackDown to scout his competition because he's confident that he is going to advance in the King of the Ring tournament. Uh, right after that, we see a dark room and a gentleman by the name of Alistair Black is sitting there and wants to pick a fight with someone. Okay, that didn't work out well. But <laughs> he wants to pick a fight with someone and uh, he basically just like strips off the microphone and stuff. Which is weird because like, as soon as he rips off the microphone, you can still hear him just as clear as you could before he took off the microphone. So... What the fuck was the point of the microphone on his shirt if you can hear him the exact same? Should have thought of that one, huh? 
But um, so Alistair Black says he's going to go to the ring and pick a fight with someone. So uh, we'll get to that later. We then get a tag team match with Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. I mean, listen, Alexa Bliss two nights in a row. I ain't complaining. Bring her three times, four times. Put her on NXT. I'd I'd love to see her on NXT as well, especially since she's a women's tag team champion. She can actually go to NXT. So, um, please, please, wrestling gods, um, if you're listening to this, can you put Alexa on Raw, SmackDown, and then NXT for one week, please? Thank you. Uh, But unfortunately, my Lexi... Gets pinned. That just sounds creepy, especially when I'm doing this alone. Uh, Alexa Bliss gets pinned by Fire and Desire after this uh, great double team move where Mandy hits a jumping knee onto Alexa's face while Sonya comes in with a reverse leg sweep and uh, yeah, drops drops Alexa Bliss. Poor Alexa. And uh, yeah, I think now Fire and Desire are gonna be facing Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. For the tag team championships, the Clash of Champions. I'm, I'm assuming that's why they had this. So let's see. Then we see a backstage promo between uh, Chad Gable and Samoa Joe. How and Joe's basically telling Chad, like, "Listen, buddy, you." He he talks his great. He says his great line about how Chad looks like he'd be um, like a baby in a high chair sitting on that throne. <laughs> so. Uh, which is it's pretty funny. Uh, and he, he kind of says that Chad is not up to the mark of a King of the Ring winner, so uh, don't even try. Well, let's see. Let's see where that goes, you know. Um, following that, we see Randy Orton come out, and he talks about how he has been ahead of Kofi Kingston in every step of the way, which is pretty true because he's kind of made Kofi look like a moron and... He's kind of taken out all the members in New Day as well. So, like, yeah. Randy's got your number, Kofi. He definitely got your number. Uh, he calls out Kofi, but the Revival come out attacking Kofi. So, Kofi kind of looks helpless. Kofi fights back a little bit, but then Randy comes out of the ring, helps the Revival, takes control, throws him back into the ring. Says He starts yelling stupid, stomps on Kofi a few times, and then the Revival hold up Kofi. And Randy says, you're going to be decimated by the three most de- destructive letters in all of WWE. RK, Kofi kicks him in the gut, starts fighting back a little bit, but three men obviously overpower Kofi again and hit the super RKO, go into the corner, and pose off. I love, I love this team. Randy Orton and The Revival are brilliant. So fucking good. Please keep them together. Please. They're so good. So good. Ah, fucking love them. Uh, <laughs> then we see a match between Andrade and Chad Gable. What is this match for? This is the fourth place in the King of the Ring quarterfinal. Fourth match. Not fourth place. Fourth match in the King of the Ring quarterfinal match. Uh, cha- sorry, tournament. Uh, Zelina Vega starts this whole thing by cutting a promo talking about, you know, one vertically challenged person to another. But it's kind of cute because, you know, Zelina's cute. But, um, yeah, being a short man, I'm telling you from personal experience, not the most fun, but, you know, 
you know, you 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 get by it. You get by it. So I feel you. I feel you, Chad. I feel you, bro. I got you, man. I got you. Except he's like twice my size in terms of like muscle. But whatever, bro. We're we're all in the same. Uh, but <laughs> Zelina basically tells Chad like not to even bother because you know Andrade is gonna win this whole thing. Uh, this match was great. Both are excellent. You kind of see hints of Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle in this, which is amazing because uh, three amigos and three Germans. They obviously they're not talking about the, you know Chris Benoit, three Germans, but you know Kurt Angle. And uh, but surprisingly, Chad Gable gets the win after a shocking roll up. Zelina Vega's face sold this entire thing. Entire thing. She looked so shocked. Excellent. Excellent facial expression. Now, if you had asked me before this match, I was hoping and I was expecting Eli- uh, rather not Elias, Andrade to win this entire thing. I think King Andrade would have been brilliant. I love Andrade. I think he's so, so good. But now that he's out, I can only imagine that it's Ricochet winning this whole thing. So, But anyways, next week we've got Elias versus Gable. Elias is probably winning that, unfortunately. But, you know, let's see. Let's see what happens. And then we see Aleister Black's challenge issue thing being answered by Shelton Benjamin. Also a pretty throwaway match, kind of just to build Aleister Black here, I'm sure. Alistair Black wins with uh, the Black Mass. Not much to say here, but yeah, he does that. Next up, we see the 24-7 champion, Drake Maverick. At this point, I can't even keep up with who's champion and who's not. Like, I, I, I don't even remember when Drake Maverick won the championship. And did he win it from Elias? Did he win it from R-Truth? I don't even know anymore. I'm so confused. This, this thing changes hands so many times, and I get that's the point of it. But I can't remember who's been champion when. It's like if you ask me from start to finish, who was the first champion up to whoever is is the champion right now, I would not be able to do it 100%. There're too many changes. So, but yeah, it's it's the problem is that I, can't, I don't remember who the current champion is. So, try and keep it on one person for a little bit of time, please. You know, try that. But yeah, so Drake Maverick is walking with his wife who's smoking hot, by the way, in the boiler room for some reason. And uh, they're confronted by the Bollywood Boys, Grand Metalik, the B-Team, right? So all these guys are, are chasing out the championship. Uh, he, he manages to avoid everyone, but Bo Dallas rolls him up, picks up the win, and wins the 24-7 championship, runs away, and Drake is like, ah, shit. So he's sitting there like, what the fuck just happened? I was about to bang my wife in the boiler room, and now no. So uh, he, uh, we, cut, we cut away from there. We, we go to the ring. Sami Zayn, Shinsuke Nakamura come out for a match versus some random jobber. Sami Zayn is basically hyping the shit out of Nakamura at this point. He does live commentary on the mic the entire time. And uh, but obviously, you know, Nakamura gets the win after a very simple Kinshasa in like around two minutes. But right after that, 
all five of the men in the 24-7 championship thing come back out. Maverick wins it back, runs up the ramp. Corey even makes a comment about taking a limo to a chain restaurant, referring to Chris Jericho, that uh, that's what Maverick should do to celebrate. Uh, but then our truth who had been standing there for fuck knows how long under like some uh, some crown and 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 a robe just you know standing with a king of the ring props it's just he blended in so well i didn't even see him in the start he he comes out rolls up maverick is now the 14 time 24/7 champion this title has been around what 2 months 14 time champion R-Truth wins it, runs backstage. Obviously, Maverick is like, oh, fuck. What the hell just happened? I was just about to bang her. Just about to bang her. And the funny thing is I saw a tweet by Drake Maverick saying, like, oh, I didn't get a chance yet because she was on her quote-unquote auntie flow, referring to her, you know, time of the month. And so he's yet to consummate his marriage. Poor guy just wants to get laid. Ah. <sighs> But whatever. So, uh, <laughs> Roman Reigns comes out. Nope, not yet. Daniel Bryan comes out first. Daniel Bryan comes out, says he's not at fault. Rowan acted upon his own volition, and this has nothing to do with him. That Daniel Bryan is not a liar. That prompts Roman Reigns to come out. But as Roman Reigns is walking down the ramp, Rowan comes out and attacks him from behind. Daniel Bryan comes out, tries to stop him, but Rowan pushes him away. He picks up Roman Reigns, smashes his back into the corner turnbuckle thing. Is it like, I don't even what the fuck, ring post? Is it a ring post? It's like this, it look, I don't even know what the fuck it looks like anymore. It looks like something out of like a sci-fi movie. But anyways, he smashes Roman Reigns into, let's see, just, let's just call it the, the ring post. Smashes him on the ring post on the outside, throws him into the ring. Daniel tries to stop him, but nothing works. And then Rowan grabs a microphone and says that, you know, he's he's going to beat the shit out of Roman at Clash of Champions. And uh, he he then admits to being, you know, like, he's like, I work on my own. I don't take shit from anyone, not even you, Brian. You're the worst of them. And Brian tries to stop Rowan, but Rowan puts him through a table and basically just beats the shit out of both men. And is now on top of the SmackDown mountain between these three men. So, so, huh? So Rowan is like, I thought like someone else would come out and be like, I'm the one who ordered Rowan to do this. Or I thought, I thought the story was taking a twist somewhere. But this was just like, no, I did it. It was me. Well, then why the fuck did you let Brian slap the shit out of you last week? What was that about? I, huh? And Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan. Come on. Like, I, someone who doesn't watch wrestling, if they took a guess who's winning that match, they would guess Roman Reigns. So, like, I, mm, if this was a triple threat match, I'd be much more interested. I'd like to see that more insert Daniel Bryan into this and that that would make it so much more interesting but Roman Reigns versus Eric Rowan alone a standalone match I don't know I have no idea how I feel about this I, I'm not too interested unless they build Rowan up 
next week to look like there's no way Roman Reigns can win. I don't know how they're going to do that because Roman is like this unstoppable guy. So, see, it's, it's shit like this that makes it hard for people to like Roman Reigns because you, you know he's probably going to win. You, and You never want that. You never want to know that this guy's probably going to win, you know? So, give us some doubt. If you can make us doubt, you make us believe. So, yeah, that's that was the end of SmackDown. Now... Uh, what I, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have instead of uh, because at pay per views I I'm gonna do MVPs and MUPs which uh, if you haven't heard the all out review my MVP is obviously the most valuable player MUP is the most unvaluable player which I don't even know is a word but I'm making it a thing so MVP MUP uh, but that's on pay per views over here in one of my debuting segments I'm gonna call this. Five of the week. So basically, these are going to be like the five people that stick out the most, who I think were the most valuable players, I guess, of this week. So this is the five of the week, top five, whatever fuck you want to call it, but I'm just going to call it the five of the week. And the first person on my five of the week, and there's no no particular order for this, but I'm going to say Samojo. Samojo was incredible. Raw and SmackDown, I think the stuff that he did with Ricochet in that match was incredible. But uh, he he also stuck out quite well on SmackDown doing the whole thing with Chad Gable. Samojo is a great promo. Everyone knows that. Samojo on this list. Bailey. Bailey's also making it on this list. The heel turn was great. The stuff that she did with Sasha on SmackDown opening the show was also really good. No one saw the heel turn coming. It was like Bailey did a fantastic job. Uh, kudos to her. I never thought Bailey would be on this list, of, especially the first list. So Bailey, kudos to you. Bailey's on this list. Her buddy Sasha is also on this list. Sasha's rising up the ranks as a lead contender in the women's division once again. She kind of fizzled out when she was in the tag team thing. and But now she's built herself up again as a singles competitor. I think she's doing really well. Uh, now, I, I'm going to cheat a little bit here. I'm going to count two guys as one. And that's going to be a Rude and Ziggler. I think that their team and their chemistry is so good. I, I love their look. I love how they're kind of being built right now. And I want them both to succeed. And because they're a team, I'm just going to group them as one. So, Rude and Ziggler is also on this list. And my final person to be on this list, Bray Wyatt. Bray Wyatt, bro, you're killing it, man. You're killing it. You're doing a fantastic fucking job. I'm, I'm so excited to see where they go with the character. I'm so excited to see... Will he actually be the Universal Champion at Hell in a Cell? I'm not even sure when Hell in a Cell is, but I can imagine it's the next pay-per-view after Clash of Champions. I like that they're alluding to future future coming pay-per-views before the, the one currently has, has yet to finish. So, in that respect, it's like a long build, you know, like, I'm now I'm aware. Oh, Hell in a Cell is coming up. Okay, cool. Build it, build it. Because, like, that's what they do with the Royal Rumble, you know? There's always six weeks between the Rumble... And the last pay-per-view, and it's like, oh man, I can't wait for the fucking rumble. Oh my god, 
and they do the same with WrestleManias as well normally. So that that build is great, and now you don't need to. You can still have the pay per view in between, but if you start building from like let's say two weeks or rather six weeks off, it's it makes it feel more important. So because now you've you've lit that you know you you put that idea in my head where it's like all right, Bray Wyatt versus most probably Seth Rollins, but maybe Bray Wyatt versus Braun Strowman. Who knows where they go with it, you know? But I'm excited now. I, I want to see where that goes. And that that's kind of what's got me, like, hooked. So those are the five of the week. And uh, now I'm going to be doing... The questions. So some people sent in their questions. Um, obviously, because this is the first one, I don't have a lot of questions, which is good. So I'm just I'm just gonna get right to it. Uh, Anthony Fitzpatrick at a Fitz twenty seven. Have you made any progress with Alexa, or has she been roped in? Anthony, I would gladly rope her in. I'd even rope her down. I'd I'd tie her to my chair and keep her there forever and just stare at her. I will feed her. Promise. I will feed her, but, you know, I, I wouldn't mind roping her. That sounds wrong. Uh, <laughs> Kyle in moderation at Restless Monarch. The big obvious one is, how do you feel about Bailey's heel turn? But after SmackDown, I'm a little confused as to Charlotte's allegiance. Possible face turn? Well, yeah, I just discussed that, Kyle. Um, I, know, I know you find this whole one-man podcasting a little jarring, but, you know, guy, come on. Give me a chance here, Kyle. Come on, Kyle. Come on, Kyle. Uh, possible face turn? Yes, I think so. You know, as I, as I said earlier, I think she may have possibly turned. Or she's in the process of doing it. So I think now with Becky coming out on, let's say, on Raw, uh, let's hope Sasha and Bailey start attacking her. And then they had that tea time or whatever the fuck they called it. I, I want to see Charlotte come out and help Becky. I think that'd be good, and that would cement her face turn. And I'm sure the fans will be behind that because I know I'll pop for sure. I know I'll pop. Um, Jimmy Baxter at Mr. Riot. With where we are in the King of the Ring tournament, how do you see it shaking out from here? Have your predictions from the beginning worked out so far, and who do you see as the next? king which i also kind of i should start reading these questions before i talk but <laughs> uh, as i said earlier um, i i think i i, I would have wanted andrade to win i was uh, i was expecting well from the get-go i was expecting drew mcintyre by the way drew mcintyre kevin owens both not on the show kevin owens mentioned why drew i'm not sure but uh and also shane mcmahon but I was expecting Drew McIntyre to win. He got out right in the start. Shocking. I, he should have gone far on this. But uh, after him, I wanted Andrade. and Was expecting Andrade. But I guess they don't want that right now. I think Andrade would be great. He would be a fucking beautiful champion too. But uh, that's a weird choice of words. But, uh, predictions are not going according to plan. But uh, I'm guessing Ricochet. Now... With the quarterfinals over, I'm guessing Ricochet is going to be the next king. If this trend continues, then I'm going to be wrong again. But I can only see Ricochet as, as champion. I wouldn't mind seeing Samoa Joe, but I don't see Joe... I mean, 
they do like to make heals sometimes. I don't know. I, I Right now, I'm guessing it's going to be Ricochet only because of the rumors I've heard that they want to push. Uh, Jimmy also says, love the show so far, KJ. Keep up the good work. Thank you, buddy. You too. Uh, Mike at Mike C. Mears. <laughs> this is my buddy Mike. Uh, he <laughs> asked me, is there... Is there anything than a little bit of the bubbly? And is AEW better or worse than the WWE bubbly? <laughs> um, I'm going to assume those are rhetorical questions, Mike. But uh, there's nothing better than a little bit of the bubbly. And uh, if... Oh, by the way, you guys need to listen to the next Pot of Thunder. Or actually, this might be out around the same time as the Pot of Thunder. Or might just a little bit before. But we there's there's a little snippet at the end of that for uh, about about bubble, so keep an ear out for that. And is AEW better or worse than WWE bubble? I don't know. I need to see a little more of AEW. It's it's too early to compare. It's too too early to compare. But yeah, I, I uh, let's see let's see. Cautiously optimistic. Uh, Cami Hutton doesn't really have a question as such. At Fat Pirlo, never realized you had a new pod. Well, congratulations, now you do. Will you continue with ITR and have you and Ollie split up? Ollie and I will never split up, uh, even if for some godforsaken reason I, I leave inside the ropes, which I'm not doing. But uh, if I did, Ollie and I are there forever. He and I have a bond and a love. Actually, this is free podcast people could listen to this no i'm a straight man I promise girls ladies alexa hey i'm here listening to this alexa you know ian ian you know what to do no don't do it don't do it you just it's gonna be awkward but uh no i'm still i'm still on pot of thunder still doing that i have no intention of leaving that but uh this is just a, a solo venture that i want to do because i want to do aew ufc and uh do the current WWE product so that's why we have this yeah so those are all the questions you guys send in your questions every week I'll, I'll put out a post on uh, on the roped in pod uh, at roped in pod and uh, at that KJ guy so just keep an eye out for the questions I, I'd love to hear what you know what you guys are thinking and how you're thinking so and it's it's always great to try and like speak to guys about about whatever is on their mind and i get this is a one-way platform but you know you guys have your doubts and i like to discuss them you know makes me think now before i get to the the big one there are two segments that i'm about to debut so now one of them was the top five that was my first of the three my second segment is it's it's also an interactive one right this is this is so i know the top five wasn't but this one this one is going to be for you guys to rack your brains and let me know how well you know wrestling so now both both the segments that i'm, I'm gonna kind of present now are both interactive okay the first one is a trivia based segment so, basically what I'm going to do is, I'm going to be playing a distorted voice clip, right? It's going to be from somewhere by someone. So what I need you to do is, I need you to listen to this voice clip, and I need you to tell me 
on Twitter at thatkjguy at ropedinpod who this person is. Now, it's, it's not going to be like a very unknown thing. I'm going to see how it goes over the weeks. If you guys start guessing this very easily, I'm going to make it tougher. But I'm going to start off not too tough. And let's see if you guys can guess who this next clip is by. I didn't come here for a history lesson. You know? Yes, Sean, I need you. Does that, does that make you feel better? I'm saying I need Sean Michaels. So yeah. No, yeah. Alright, you guys heard that? Now, tweet me. If you know who it is, tweet me at that KJ guy or at Roped and Pod. Actually, tweet us both. And uh, everyone who gets it right, next week I will be I'll be I'll be reading your handles out. All the winners, all the correct answers are gonna be read on next week's podcast. So let's see how well you know your wrestling. Now <clears throat> this is the big one, guys. This is the one I tagged a bunch of the Pot of Thunder listeners on. This is the one I've been building up. This is the one I've been telling all you guys about for a very long time. And I've blue balled you guys enough, I think. It's about time to reveal it. And the big reveal is. Drum roll, please. I can't hear the drum because I'm going to add that later. But. <laughs> the big reveal is. I am starting a WWE Fantasy League. Immediately you're like, what the fuck is that and what what how does that work or huh but hear me out i have kind of based with uh, with the help of uh, a few people uh a, a fantasy league of sorts that i i kind of you know me my brother and my friend we we sort of participated in in this thing we had this thing going for a few years and it kind of became difficult to manage with, you know, watching all the wrestling and life and stuff. So what I've done is I've taken that concept, I've simplified it, right? Now, the way this thing works is very simple. All you guys need to do is on a tweet that I'm going to be posting at that KJ guy and at Roped in Pod. I need you guys to let me know who your five superstars are going to be. Now these five superstars will be chosen by each participant. They could be whoever the fuck you want, right? As long as they're on the WWE roster or even if you think it's a return or whatever the fuck it is, you're going to be picking five superstars. These five superstars are going to last from one pay-per-view to another, right? The choices will be made after the last SmackDown Live, so the go home SmackDown Live show. Right, It's going to be taking place after that, but before the pay-per-view. So you have just a few days. So if SmackDown Live is on a Tuesday, so you've got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You've got four days to set out your team of five superstars. Right? These five superstars are going to gather all the points for you for each month. 
Now, what's going to happen is at the end of each month, I'm going to be picking the winner. No, well, I'm not going to be picking them based on whoever has the most points. That person is the winner, right? Now, I'll explain the point system in a second. But the winner of each month can choose to either send an audio clip to the podcast. You have a one-minute limit, right? You send an audio clip. I will play it on the podcast. Or you can request me to say something on the air. If you're, you know, shy or if you don't like your voice or whatever the fuck it is, if you want me to say something, if I if I've lost, I'm going to be playing too. So if I've lost, I have to do whatever fuck you guys say. So that's your incentive. You get to you get to send in an audio clip or you get you get to get me to say something. But here's another thing. Whoever wins the most months in that year, I'm going to be sending them seasonal championship t-shirts, which basically means that you will be, let's say, season one. So every year is going to be a season, right? Now, this season is going to be short because we're starting from Clash of Champions until WrestleMania. That's going to be the season. Whoever wins the most number of months is going to get a free t-shirt from me to you guys. So, Make sure you get your friends, make sure you tell people, your family, whoever the fuck loves wrestling, let them know that there is a fantasy league that I will be playing on this podcast, and you all can participate. So that's all I need from you guys, just your five people, and yeah, let people know. Now, point system. This is where it gets interesting, because now you got to kind of pick the people you think are going to be winning, right? So... Now, obviously, Clash of Champions is is too soon, so we're not gonna have we're not gonna start yet. But you can send in your teams already. I'm gonna put out the tweet. You can send in your teams and uh, let me know who who the top five people are on each team, uh, each of your teams rather. Now, uh, we'll start counting after Clash of Champions. So now, when you pick your five, the points will only start collecting after Clash of Champions. So the the raw right after Clash of Champions. Until the following pay-per-view. So that's how it works. Alright? Now points. Winning via pinfall or submission gets you 10 points. A loss is 0. Disqualification or a count-out win gets you 5 points. A disqualification or count-out loss gets you a minus 5. Title wins get you plus 50 points. A title defense gets you 10 a no contest, double disqualification, or a double countout is one point. A title loss is minus 25. Elimination chamber matches, steel cage, money in the bank, and hell in a cell are all 30 points. Special matches, which is any match that doesn't end in pinfall or submission like Battle Royal or you know some shit like that, are all 20 points. Because, you know, you, they, they throw in these matches that you never know which is which. So, pinfall, submission, etc. So, now, for example, a two out of three falls match, each fall will get you points. So, let's say if it was Andrade versus Ray, Andrade gets 20 points in that match. Any win gets you 10 points. And I'm, I'm going to put the points out on a tweet as well. So, don't worry. You, you have a place to check it out. But, yeah. Give me your top five. I'm listening. To all you guys that I tagged and all you guys who I haven't tagged, 
You know, all of you are there. I want you guys to to be involved. If this is something you like. I want. I this is where I like to see. I and plus, you guys are going to be competing against me, right? I have experience with this. Now, I'm just going to let you know that my brother is going to be playing, and my brother is a piece of shit. He's really good at this stuff. So I'm kind of I'm kind of playing against him, and all of you guys are playing against him too. I promise you, he's he's really good. And uh, he's he's actually you know what we've had I can't remember exactly how many seasons we had I think we had four or maybe five seasons I won I think I won two one of yeah two of them my brother won three so it was very competitive we got very um, we we would argue a lot but it was much more complicated so it was it was a little difficult but I've simplified it as much as I possibly could I've kept it very simple. And uh, yeah, so you guys don't have to worry about calculating your points. All that will be done by me. It's I just need to know who the five people in your team are. And uh, yeah, all I need you to do is just follow at that KJ guy at Roped and Pod. That's all I need from you guys and your five people. And don't forget, at the end of of the season, the the person with the most wins at the end of that month will be crowned that season's roped in fantasy league champion and yeah then you have to defend your title you know and every season you're gonna get a new t-shirt so that's that's it for me yeah so that's the big news you guys i hope that was built up to to expectation or something you know uh it's uh it's so much fun my my brother my friend and i we we did this for for a very long time and it was it got so competitive i've actually for there was a season where i won by i didn't win but i didn't lose by two points my brother destroyed my friend and i and i had just scraped on the last at wrestlemania itself at wrestlemania i managed to scrape up enough points to pass my friend by two and and that it was just insane it was insane uh, that format was a little different, but yeah, uh, it's it's so much fun, and and yeah, I hope I hope you guys enjoy it too. So that's what I need from you guys. Your five superstars on the tweet. You'll see it on on Twitter at that KJ guy or at Roped and Pod, uh, and it, it'll be a great time. So yeah, guys, that's that's it for the podcast. Uh, make sure you follow at that KJ guy at Roped and Pod. Uh, I'm available on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, Vero, whatever fuck other social medias you use. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review, please, because that stuff helps me get noticed. So the more reviews you leave, the more people will, will see the podcast. So that's it's really important if you can, if you, especially if you're using Apple. It, it helps so much. Android, I think... I'm not sure if there are comment things, but if there are, please do subscribe. It helps so much. You have no idea. Uh, speaking of subscriptions, youtube.com forward slash that KJ guy. I'm going to be having stuff coming up on YouTube very soon once the podcast is, you know, a regular thing and once it, it becomes, you know, kind of like um, in my um, robotic sense where I just know what to do when, but like since everything's new, I kind of have to figure stuff out as I'm going. But yeah, so if you guys uh, can subscribe, it'll be great. And uh, yeah, your five-star views. Follow me on all the good stuff. 
And uh, am I forgetting anything? I always do this. I don't know why I didn't write this down yet, but um, I think I think that's about it. Uh, but yeah, and like always, since you guys are here, KJ out.